Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You know what, man? I gotta, uh, I gotta start off with an apology. Um, we came back on Monday. I was in such a, a hurry to kind of hit the ground running, to mm-hmm. start talking about all the things that and you, I'm sure you've had this happen. You look forward to vacation, and then you go on vacation, oh, yeah. and we can't turn it off. I know I can't. And so, even while you're on vacation, it's hard to not see a topic it. and be like. Damn, I wish I would, why, why we don't have a show today. Oh, that's right, because we took vacation again. You know, and it's like, oh, man, I wish we were there to talk about this. Oh, man, you know, Juwan Howard giving people two pieces in the handshake line. I wish we were there to talk about this. You know, it's like you just kind of feel bad because, you, you know, you're not, you're not in the mix, right? And so we got here on Monday, just couldn't wait to talk about I think it was James Harden was the first topic. Uh, James Harden, the Sixer, was the first topic we talked about. And I, I think I offended you, brother. Uh, you know, amend with me, brother. Um, I rudely oh forgot oh <laughs> forgot to wish you happy birthday. Like I totally skipped your birthday. Like just 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 missed it all together. Didn't even acknowledge it. Not even a passing acknowledgement that you've completed yeah, yet yeah. another trip around the sun as of yeah. the twenty sixth of February, twenty twenty two, which makes you fifty two. Versus my 52. 42, but that's a whole nother right. conversation. Um, yeah, years. but I mean, happy on birthday, paper. first and foremost. Like, I mean, we supposed Thank to be a family show, and I act like I, you know, I just completely just glossed over that in an effort. To you know, I didn't bring it up either, though. Talk but about I didn't some, bring it up. But it's not for but you then, to bring it up. But then that's, it's that's not for been me a little to bring bit. it up. Yeah, no, that have been. Hey, hey, you know it's my birthday. Hey, what's up? You might as well show up with a dollar. A dollar pinned on your right. chest or yeah. something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, or sash, or sash Bir- or whatever you call birthday it. Birthday boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This you know, guy. like you can't do that. Yeah, you know. Like, so happy birthday on behalf of uh, all of us who who love you. Um, how did you spend it? Hell, you know what, man? While we shooting the breeze, how was vacation? What'd you do on vacation? <laughs> I didn't do much. What'd you do? <laughs> how did you like, uh, you, like two days yeah. later? Yeah, you know, let's just since we catching up. How'd you do on vacation? Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, yesterday. I think yesterday you made a reference to maybe the Lakers or somebody. You said they're on their way to Cancun or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I went to, you Cancun. went to Cancun. I went to Cancun. No, yeah, yeah, roundabout. No, right really? Cancun. Yeah, yeah, roundabout Cancun. And uh, it's my first birthday that I spent at poolside, 84, 85 degrees. Uh, you went to Cancun. Had a little something. Had a little something nice to drink. Uh, family was there. We had a great time. We had a great time. So that's how I spent my 52nd birthday. 52. What was the resort? I can't believe it. Is it the resort we've talked about before? What was the resort? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's keep that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, okay. That, I'm sorry. We're trying to keep that, yeah, that exclusive. Oh, yeah, my, try, yeah, oh yeah, I didn't know. Try, oh, try. 
Well, I mean, uh, you know, you know, it's vacation. And, you know, and, you're just trying to listen, dog. To, if you pay, if, I, if, I know, if you if you the, could afford it, if you could afford it, I don't think you have to worry about random people going to that place. That's ain't what you're no random. About. Ain't no, it, it, it ain't random. It's so why like, you trying? Why are you trying to keep it a secret there? You trying to keep it like a best kept secret chill. as if. It's a tax bracket well, anyway, thing. I, I imagine. Anyway, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that. But it was a good time. It was yeah. necessary. I mean, I caught up good. on some reading. I was just caught up on some sleep. Uh, spent good. some time with my wife. Spent some time with the family. It was just now. Was it a trip so or vac- so? It sounded like it was a vacation, not a trip. Because you know, when you got kids, no, it was just a, a trip. It sounds like oh, it was actually a vacation. No, no, no. No, it was vacation because the kids were doing their own thing. Like I'd say, all right, we'd have to remind ourselves, oh, we got kids. We haven't seen them in a few hours. I wonder what they're up to. Let me see them. Oh, they went to like the kids they club made, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, kids yeah. club, teen club. Yeah. You know, oh, meeting that's friends the from all that's over the, the country, all over the world. So they're yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah. What's up? And you keep on going. And maybe I'll see you. That's Can awesome. we get on your dinner schedule? Can we have dinner together? Mm. So it was fun. I, I man, I, I, I I can't believe I'm 52. I can't believe that 52 feels this way. Because when I was in, everybody goes through this. When you're like 12 or 15 or even 21, you think about, oh, I'll be like this when I'm 30. Oh, when I'm 35, oh man, that's going to be something different. I just never felt like, I, honestly, what stands out to me is the energy I have. <laughs> I, I mean, not that I think that 52 is. You know, over you know, past any kind of prime or anything, I just feel better at fifty-two, honestly, than I did at thirty-two. Mm. Um, That's encouraging. So I'm just, I, look, I'm just great. You know, you know you say, I don't know who needs to hear this. I needed to hear right. that, so thank you. <laughs> I struggled through forty-two, and look, I joke about our age difference all the time, but honestly, it is inspirational because, you know. And I might get pretty existential throughout this show, so bear with me. But oh, good. You know, hey, listen, let's do if it. you sit back Why and not? you reflect, and maybe and maybe you get frustrated about certain things or whatever, you, you know, where you're at, and what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you thought you'd be doing, what you think you should be doing, yada yada yada. At 42, it is encouraging and inspiring to know that you know there's another 10 years, and look at the energy and look at the life that's still ahead of you at 52. That awaits me at 52, God willing. Um, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, I still got 10 years to get to 52. And I feel like, oh, man, I'm already 42. It's like, no, there's still, my ladder can still be greater, you know? Right. Mike, it, it, the scary thing is, you said God willing. Okay, this is an honest uh, conversation I had with the Almighty this morning. I said, Lord, I don't know what you have in store for me. I feel like I'm being set up and that you're about to challenge me or stretch me in some direction that I have Why, because it's gone. too good? Why, because well, things are no, going too good because, for you? <laughs> because I have, like, you know, there's a, a Chicago Mass Choir uh, has a song that says, you know, uh, God put a yes down in my soul. Uh, my mm. soul says yes. So I feel like today, especially this morning, I was off the charts. I'm like, oh, let's go. You know, you know, wake up. My grandfather used to wake up like that every morning. He'd wake up clapping and say, thank you, God. Every morning, I'm like, man, what are you so excited about? But I was, I was in that space this morning. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready for anything. I'm feeling bold. I, I, I'm feeling uh, energetic. I can do this. Do what? Do what? So 
Something Whatever. big is yeah. happening. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I'm a little hey. afraid of it. But it's hey. uh, ultimately it will be for my good. That's what you're, I'm about to say. That's what you're supposed to be afraid of it. So at the risk, I, I, I don't want to waste too much more time. Um, and I want you to conserve and apply that energy to some of these takes. I'm sure you got on these topics. But since we kind of, you know, taking care of outstanding business, <laughs> I need yeah. to I need to apologize again. Second apology and we're only 10 minutes in I need to apologize again for uh, something that I said yesterday that uh, you know did not sit well with my spirit last night and I, that I lost sleep over last night a comment that mm -hmm. I made that I feel like I owe the entire culture an apology this is a Brooklyn thing uh, Brooklyn Nets no no it's not even sports related in, in oh. case you missed it. Have you watched Bel Air on Peacock? Because this goes back to your training day excitement. Have you watched Bel Air? I have not watched Bel Air. No. Bruh, let me tell you. Okay, I'm gonna quote you right now. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I like it better than the original. I like it better than the original. As 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 iconic as the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was, as much as it meant to the culture, especially. In its day, this one, I think it's it's just it's deeper, it's richer, it's richer, it's there's just more to it. Yes, I mean at moments, I mean the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is a show defined my childhood and many childhoods. Bel Air, and I'm not just doing the company thing, but they nail Bel Air. Yeah. I should have so followed my first mind. Why are you apologizing? Because I should have followed my first mind. That was blasphemous. That was blasphemous, and and it's just this is immediately the the moment it left my lips. That's why I said I shouldn't say this. So if, if you ever think I shouldn't say this, damn it, don't say it. <laughs> and I just I was like, and I said it because I'm so invested in the show. I really am. They've done a fantastic job. It's a great story of how it came to be, and Will Smith executive yeah, yeah. produces it. It's just it's it's a really good show. But you oftentimes. You oftentimes accuse me of going just a little too far. A little too far. And I'm I'm the Ferris Bueller type. A, you can never go too far. B, if I'm gonna get busted, it is not gonna be by a guy like that. So I don't think <laughs> I go too far. I go exactly where I want to go. Cause it's how it's what yeah. I feel. You ain't got to agree. It's yeah. what I feel. I went too far. I started thinking about Hillary in no particular yeah. order. Something about Hillary. Uh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, how yeah. and how much how, how much we all loved Hillary. I yeah. started thinking about we Ashley. Did. We and, do. And and Carlton, the original, not this hateable Carlton that they have now. He's great. I started thinking about just Will Smith and what a titan of culture Will Smith and the oh, Fresh just Prince him. was just Will in Smith. the 90s. Oh, right, I know. right, right, right. Just Will and just Smith. Uncle Will Phil Smith. and just light skin and Viv versus dark skin and Viv yeah. and how she just kept, just kept it going and just just every conversation that we all had the appointment television long before streamers long before the proliferation of content that we love and enjoy in 2022 when you had to sit back and you had to set your watch to this upscale successful black family thriving right. in Bel Air what that meant historically there was no I could love this this reboot. I could love this reboot without daring to compare it 
to a show you, that ranks as one of the top three to five shows in not ever. just black television history, but television history given yeah, its significance. Right. So I just needed to, I felt the need to apologize. So, okay. To the original cast right. and crew and Quincy Jones. If you're watching, I'm sorry. I just, it just, I got too carried away. Point is, it's a really good show. Watch it. Okay. No, yeah, That's that's why you got I should have stopped there. You, you should have stopped there. You became, you became a prisoner of the moment, right? Oh, big because time. You're oh, big it. time. You're looking at it uh, through the eyes of 42 year old Mike Smith and not yes. you know, 17 year old Mike Smith, you know, 15, to which different things, different things float my vote right. now. Like this show, right. Right. I'm into it a little bit more from a parental perspective, from an experience perspective. That's why the, the, it being darker and more of a drama probably resonates with me more than the sitcom did in the 90s. But it's like you said yesterday and you kind of gave me a lifeline. You can't have this without that, you know, right? Um, and so I should so just it's a, it's a leave good, the maybe Fresh it is. Prince of Bel Air where it belongs. Here it is, you know. Here's to here, say nothing of the theme song. Maybe, maybe. Do you feel? Is this an accurate statement? It is the best. Um, it is the best extension. It's the best possible extension of the Fresh Prince. Yes. Like the, so, they you know, did people the best have, possible. And that, you know, it's like a, a little little suburb, the little suburb of of. So you know how the Luther could cover anybody, like Luther covering yeah, yeah. Aretha Franklin. Cool, yeah, that works. I remember who who was the band? Was it was it Stone Temple Pilots? Who was it that that tried to uh, that did Darling Nikki? They did it in an award show recently. They covered Ooh. Darling Nikki. It's like don't don't touch, really? don't do that. So a lot Ooh, of times I people try to do that. covers. I'm it's like don't. Touch it, right? I don't. I might be wrong about who did it, but somebody covered darling Nikki. You're and absolutely Taylor right. Taylor Swift try to cover September. Was it Taylor Swift who did September? Oh God, I hope I don't know. If she did, I'm not unaware. And I like to I stay aware. Was. Ignorance is bliss. I think so. And I love Tay Tay, but point being, certain things are sacred. Yeah. You are 100% right, birthday boy. 100% right. That if you're going to reboot the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, they could not have done it better. And that is my company promo for the day. I'm not go. reading no promos, no scripted promos. Go Pale ahead. in comparison to the endorsement that I just gave it. I what I can't give a more ringing endorsement to a company product than I just did. So there's your scripted promo, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Check it out on Watch Peacock Bel Air. And tell me and tell me how far I went by by daring to suggest that it was better than the original. I I'll apologize. Bet you, I'll, I'll bet you somebody agrees with you though. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. really trying to how we can figure out to get over the hump and with injuries and you know I mean we we played nine guys but it really was eight you know we're just trying to figure out a way how we can get over the hump we played some good basketball today like I said for about um, you know what well, the whole third quarter was great uh, we didn't place you know, to our abilities in the second giving up 41 but overall I thought we played a good game just gonna get over the hump but as far as the playing I mean can't even really think about that right now. Just got to figure out how you can get a dub. 
Until you stump me out, cut my head off, bury me 12 feet under, then I got a chance. So that's my confidence. You know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we got to come in and win ball games and we got to play better. But as long as we got more games to play, um, we still have a chance. So that's my confidence. You know, I hate losing. I feel like poop right now. Um, but tomorrow is a new day, and I'm going to be prepared and ready for the, for the Clippers on Thursday. Mike, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say um, his head is cut off because that's nasty. That's some, that's some gangster stuff, man. That's just like, I, I don't want to go there. But, bro, you buried 12 feet under right now. <laughs> you are 12 feet under. You and the Lakers are an incredible, this just blows my mind, they're nine games behind the six seed. So just to yeah. get out of the, just to get out of playoff, just to get out of playoff position, I mean, just to get out of playing play position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're nine games back. They're they're closer to falling out of the play-in than they are to securing their playoff. I mean, Earth. that's that, that's yeah. amazing. And and so, okay, play-in. They would they'd be better off missing the playoffs. Might as well miss the playoffs. Why? Um, if their draft pick is somewhere between one and ten, somebody else gets it. I think it's New Orleans. If it's between eleven and twenty. Somebody else gets it. I think it might be Memphis. They don't have the draft pick. You might as well miss the playoffs. You get into the play-in, you're going to lose that one. You'll be like the, the ninth or, or tenth seed in the Western Conference. You ain't going to win two games. You haven't done that all year. And the funny thing is, Mike, you look at that 27-34 and 34 record. After the game, one of the funniest uh, unintentionally funny pieces of sound came from Russell Westbrook, who said, "We've beaten some of the best teams in the league, and we've lost to some of the worst teams in the league." <laughs> no, 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 you are, no, you are, you are one of the worst teams in the league. You haven't lost to the worst team. That's you. You're in you're not in the good team category. They're a bad basketball team. The LA Lakers, LeBron James has a bad basketball team. And I and I've never been able to say that even even when he got to Cleveland. When he got a rookie in Cleveland, it took him, it took him like 2 or 3 years to make the playoffs, maybe like 3 or 4 years for them to make the playoffs. I never thought they were bad though. They were hopeless before LeBron got there and then I think they doubled their victory total. Even though it was like 35 and 47, whatever, they weren't bad because they had LeBron and they were You can see they were just going places. Yeah. This team is worse than that 27 <laughs> and 34 record. They're going to another place. They are worse than their record indicates. And that's saying something. I don't know. So, like, like I, 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 I'm, I'm intrigued, though. The sooner, well, I'm intrigued. the sooner. The sooner everybody just comes to embrace that reality that they're a bad team. I mean, like, this is how bad they are. That it's come to the bar is so low in LA, or they lowered yeah. the bar so low on Sunday against the Pelicans that there were people giving them credit last night for playing hard. Shout out to Rasheed Wallace. Both teams like, played well, hard. Well, the Lakers at least played hard. It's like 
That's where we are now, huh? That's what this has come to. Even LeBron yeah. James said, I thought we played a good game. He just couldn't get over the hump. Like, we're in the moral victory territory with these Los Angeles Lakers as the clock ticks. Um, and you know, I mean, the idea that the Lakers put up a fight is something to celebrate. And you know that few things grind my gears more than giving people credit for doing the most fundamental aspect of their responsibility, for fulfilling the most fundamental aspect of their responsibility. Just doing your job, showing up and playing hard should not get you a cookie. But that's what we are with these Los Angeles Lakers. And it got me to thinking, man, like, you know what the old saying is, thanks to Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are, to your point about them being bad. Man, sometimes, sometimes it just is what it is. And what this is, is not meant to be. Plain and simple. I know in LA, right. they feel entitled to titles. They but should. the reality is, and this is why I disagreed the other day when you, you know, you, you said you took a, you took issue with LeBron sort of distancing himself from the team. Uh, yeah. And after that Bucks loss, when he was like, oh, I knew we weren't going to be champions. I knew we weren't on that level. I could have told you that before this game, we weren't on a championship level. Sometimes there's only so much you can do with a situation. Sometimes there's only so much that even LeBron James can carry, can overcome. Like this team was never yeah. built to succeed. It was never going to succeed. And the only problem. How about five? The only problem. The only problem is that we and by we are include LeBron in this who helped engineer the trade for Russell Westbrook. We looked at all these names and thought that they were better than they are. And sometimes man, it just ain't it ain't for you. And it's like even even LeBron James, even the Los Angeles Lakers, even the mighty Los Angeles Lakers. They just were never going to be good. They were never built to succeed and no matter how much we look for them to find an, another gear or find a switch. It's just not there. Learn learn to accept it. Learn to live with it. And beyond that, Michael, when it comes to the offseason, I don't know if you read this Bleacher Report expose today. It's like, look, man, Rob Palenka may not be safe. Russell Westbrook is probably looking for yet another change the same way that they're looking to move on from him. They're the best the Lakers could hope for right now. And I saw Shaq said um, on CNBC the other day, if you trade LeBron James, you'll never win again. I think that's awfully extreme. The problem with the Lakers, the problem with the Lakers goes above the players or even the player general manager LeBron James. The problem with the Lakers, and I'm not certainly not the first to say this, is this mom and pop operation that they insist upon running that includes everybody from Jeannie Buss, the Rambuses, Rob Palenka, Magic Johnson, everybody got a voice in an organization up to and including LeBron James. And so the reason why they probably won't win anytime soon if LeBron James were to depart is that finding somebody that is a Pied Piper to come in and provide the quick fix for all the problems that LeBron James did fix and overcome when he got there along with Anthony Davis. Thanks to clutch sports. That's probably far fetched. They could win if they built it the right way. If they ran the organization they the right way, if they protected they draft picks and they, and they built it 
through young players like Memphis yeah. and Cleveland and other organizations do, they could win again. My point is but the Mike, best they, that the Lakers Mike, should hope it. for, right? They won by, uh, doing it the, by, by, by doing it the wrong right. way. They still won. No, that's what I'm saying. But my point is if LeBron were to go or were to leave, to sh- they won't win again, says Shaq, is because another LeBron's not walking through that door. And bringing yeah. Anthony Davis with him to give you that quick free yeah, agency yeah. fix that they that they love in LA because it's Hollywood. Final point on it is this: the best the Lakers can, Laker Nation can enjoy right now and hope for right now with this bad basketball team is that they're just relevant, because for a while they were relevant, they were irrelevant from a basketball standpoint. They were only relevant because they were the Lakers, and for for various stretches they've been irrelevant. Right now they're at least relevant. They're not contending. And again, the sooner everybody can come to that reality, the sooner we can stop looking at this train wreck and wondering why this train is wrecking and look at it and just as I've been saying all season, Michael, appreciate LeBron James's greatness because one of these days he's going to decide to be Tom Brady. Maybe unexpectedly. He says he wants to play with his kid. One of these days he's going to walk away and we're going to be like, oh man, LeBron James, it's over. We should have appreciated while we had it. This team is not to be viewed through the prism of a relevant contending team. The sooner we all embrace that reality, the better we could all be. That that doesn't work. Look, it's the LA Lakers, so we'll always talk about them. One of the most iconic brands in all of sports. So Lakers, Cowboys, whether they're good or bad, they're always interesting because of who they are and, and what their history is. And this whole appreciation thing, I agree with you. We should be doing that, but we have to fight against every strand of human nature to go in the, uh, in the other direction to do it because human nature says, well, wait a minute. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time being on some appreciation tour when you're seven games under 500 and you're the sure. Lakers and I look up and I see all these great names, including one of the great names, the guy you have on your shirt, you know, was part of one of the uh, terrific teams in NBA history, 33 straight wins. So yeah, a Laker and that guy too. I mean, so many magic and you know Jerry West on and on. It's hard. I get the tradition. I get the saying, standard. Oh well, they're not gonna make the playoffs, but I appreciate the greatness of LeBron James. Now, nah, if you're so great, it's unfair. But this is how, at least, I, 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 this is how I look at it. If you're so great, at least <laughs> drag your team into a playoff hey, spot. Hey, but so much man can do. Uh, yeah, hey, but well, so much one man can do. And, Sir, every, and he's look, Michael, us, in life and, I can say this, and in LA, can I say? every situation has a shelf life and a ceiling. Right. This is this is who they are, Michael. Let's stop being in denial well, about who they are us, and who they've always been supposed to be. Yeah, I would say that. I would agree with that. He's because I've seen him drag some teams that are less than this one. I know sure? Carmelo's old. I know Russell Westbrook can't shoot. Um, I know Anthony Davis has an injury. But again, why is this one so good? Because <laughs> okay. it's supposed okay. to be. But that's the there's your, okay. you're doing it again. You've seen him drag teams <laughs> that are less than this one. Based on what? Yeah. Payroll? No. Resume? Based, based on talent. Based on talent. Look at look at some of the teams that he's gotten into the playoffs. Ooh, Clearly, they were not special. But, but, that's, but, but what not does that special. have to do with anything? And is this team as it, talented as we believe it to be? Like just because just because they got he is I don't think but okay the teams teams not exceptionally talented I agree with you no they're not Um, you know but I'm just looking at LeBron James nothing else the pieces don't fit 
what he's been able to do is just pull up everybody. It, it used to be, and maybe this is a, a larger conversation about what a 37-year-old LeBron uh, can't do. You know, 37 and 27, big difference. We're talking about birthdays at the beginning of the show. Here's one thing with birthdays. Yeah, you feel good, and maybe it, it looks the same on the surface, but deep down, you know, you're not as spry at 37 as you were at 27. So LeBron James, it used to be, you put LeBron James's name in the lineup, and no matter what the what was in those four slots. Yeah, but this okay, is LeBron and his prime. A, it would, no see, matter what not, was in those four other slots. That's an overstatement. You're going somewhere. That's an overstatement. No, it's okay. not. You're going, you're going, you're going, it's true. You're going to the playoffs. I say championship. Okay, you're going to the playoffs. Okay, you're right. You're going right. to the playoffs. I'm glad you added that addendum. You're going to the playoffs. But to act like LeBron James has never had talent, that's false. And we don't need to well, overstate I, it. Well, I'm not going to say never. I'm not going to say never had it. Because at been, his height, he's degrees. always had great peak players around him when he achieved his greatest achievements in terms of going deep into the playoffs and winning championships. I mean, yeah, the 07 Ooh. Cavaliers. I, I, Thank I, you. I remember okay, the 07 okay, Cavaliers. Okay. All right. But when hey, he hey, shout won, out to y'all. Hey, love y'all brothers. But. When, when he won, when he won, he always okay. had great players. Just getting the playoffs, you're right. A, a LeBron right. and four dudes was always right. the, the thing. That, but, but, but here's all I'm trying you to know, tell Mike, you. is It's not yeah, a failure. Yeah. We failed. In, in terms of our expectations were too high for this team. I, a, to me, a failure is based on expectations. A failure is based on what you think somebody should do. Tell me why this team, poorly constructed as it is, should be better other than names you recognize. There's no re- I mean, it's because it's not even when they've been in it, they've been they've had okay. guys in and out of the lineup in fairness. Injuries have right, played right, a part, right? Right. But that that's not the that's sole it. reason. That's well, not the sole Mike, reason. I mean, Mike, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, it wasn't that long. They ago. lack I mean, shooting. No they lack shooting. Uh-huh. They're an awful defensive team, and they're poorly constructed. Which, if we would have, if we wouldn't have gotten hypnotized by the, by the big names, we should have all seen this coming. So I have a hard time oh, characterizing this as a failure, given that it was never set up for them to succeed. Uh, and I, I blame LeBron, blame Palenka, blame whoever you want to blame. Yeah, yeah. yeah can, can we harken back to a very distant day? And and, and you know, kids, I, I I hope I hope I don't bore you with this because you you might say, man, I wasn't even alive way back then. I want to harken back to oh, I don't know, September, October of the year 2020. <laughs> okay, 2020, <laughs> 2020. Sure. Um, yeah. we were on we were on the air. We were talking about the Lakers and their talent, and we may have had one of those lists, you know, top players in the NBA, and somewhere in the top ten, you had two Lakers who were still there. Yeah, one of them was Anthony yeah. Davis, one of them yes, was LeBron did. James. So yes, did. that's a, wh- why. Why did we have? Hey, don't turn this back around. Don't turn this on me. I didn't make a mistake. I'm like, why would you expect <laughs> this greatness from me? No, I expect it from you because you have two. Maximum max salary top 10 all NBA first team all NBA players as a matter of fact when they won their bubble championship I think they may have been the first championship team to have two first team all NBA players on the roster. Yeah, no, they, they, were, they, were, they were two. Yes, and and that supporting so cast that's why. defended it defended it shot a lot better from three maybe not dramatically better but it was a better shooting team. It was a better 
fitting team. And we can't overestimate that. that. You're right. They got that. They have two great players that win healthy should take them to the playoffs. Neither of them have been completely healthy all season. All I'm saying is well, we should have seen this. We should have seen this coming from a mile away. The Russell Westbrook fit ask. was always going to be an odd one. They they sacrificed. They made that trade instead of acquiring shooting and they're getting exactly what they deserve. And like I said, some things just ain't meant to be and it, it's not meant to be with with this with this team. At least LeBron is going to be professional enough. Here we go again, giving people cookies for doing the bare minimum professional enough to play instead of shut it down. Thank goodness. Uh, 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 uh. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. It's easy to say that now with let me do some quick math with 18 games to play, right? Something like that. All right. It's easy to say that now. Uh, let's see how he feels about it. I want to see how he feels about it. Uh, in, in like in the next five or six games. Let, what happens if they go on like a four or five game losing streak? You know what? Yeah, like yeah. it may be that it might be that car accident thing. Ooh, my bad. Oh, could be shoulder. I don't could know, be. but I I I, I want to know this. When we bring in, when we try to assess the Lakers. We bring in an independent basketball investigator. All I want to know is. How did it happen? Like, how did this happen? I want a step-by-step. I want a, I want an anatomy an of this disaster. Yeah. So yeah. we can never make this mistake again from a Lakers perspective. Like, why do we think this is going to work? And whose idea was it? And it's not like you don't have to run away from it. But if this Rob, if Rob Polinka said that, I'm the one who asked for Westbrook. Just admit that. Confess. So we can them to make some, Expect them to make some of the same mistakes next year when they operate on a superstar aging superstars timeline and their flawed front office structure compromises the long-term viability of this team long and short-term potentially by the way again we went the whole conversation and didn't make one mention of the team that actually won the team that's won eight out of ten and the team that's nipping at utah's heels for that four seed your guy, Luka Doncic's Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. I know you don't believe in Luka. I know you. I know you think Luka. I do believe in Luka. We had that conversation. No, I don't think he's overrated. I think Luka is a really good player. So losing the first round. Again. That's how rumors get started, um, but, man. I'm just. I'm but 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 the Lakers. The Lakers just more interesting. The Lakers at 27 and 34 more interesting than Dallas, winning eight out of ten. Isn't that wrong? It's, yes, it's, that's it's wrong. wrong, but it's right. It's wrong, but I'm right. You know I'm right. You agree with that? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Not at all, Tom. Not at all. Not a single person. You know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, or or the Ron Burgundy. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. 
Um, I think Alonzo is better. You put her in the back, put her in the back seat. <laughs> bam, code X. Code X. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Because you never know. You never know. Look, if no general manager, and if he is telling the truth, Mike, uh, general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutekunst, talking about Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's called Aaron Rodgers last year. We know the whole story. He wanted out. He tried to uh, pull a big time move, boss move, right before the draft. For day one of the draft, try to get himself out of Green Bay. Unhappy with the situation there. On and on. We know the story. And so Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay has been a topic since that time. It's been a consistent topic. So if Brian Gutekunst is telling the truth, then no general manager has called him. That means a bunch of general managers are not doing their jobs. Are you if if, if Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, might be available, might be ah, unhappy. You're ah. not sure. Hey, might be. You don't. You don't know. You don't know. I can't read your mind. I can't read. I can't read your mind. I don't know the situation, but uh, I'm one of the oh handful of teams. Let's say it's anywhere from eight to twelve teams with like a really crappy ter- uh, quarterback situation, and I'm trying to do everything I can. I'm talking about you, Carolina. I'm talking about you, Ron Rivera. I'm talking about you, Denver. I got a bad situation. I got to do everything I can to make sure I'm talking about you Cleveland. Why wouldn't you call? Why wouldn't you call and say, hey, I'm just just throwing it out there. I like Aaron Rodgers. He's a pretty good player. I, I like his work. I'm familiar with his work. I like it. What would it take to get Aaron Rodgers here? Are you guys? So what do you think the answer? And then they what hang, do you, what do you they think hang that, up on you. What do you think that? What do you think that answer is? What do you think that answer is? What do you think the uh, answer is? What do you think no, the answer is to to, to the Green Bay Packers? What would it take to get your two-time MVP franchise icon quarterback? What would that take? Um, this is what uh, uh, to quote to quote young Malcolm X. Nothing. <laughs> Different context. Nothing. <laughs> right. 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 Okay. <laughs> right. You can't. Right. You can't do anything for us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. But so, so that's why you okay. haven't got any offers, Michael. This is so. Let me let me put you up but on you game. Make, Cause see, make, here's the, the thing. No, you don't make, make the, the first call. move. No, let me, let me t- let me let me let me educate you, young buck. Let me t- let me educate you. Let me let me let me All put right. you. Let me let me let me give you some some advice here because after I got married, I got all the game. Okay, I got all the game after I got married. You don't right. always have to make the first move. Sometimes, sometimes you kind of let it play out a little bit. You play it cool. You don't want to seem too desperate. You don't want to give away the yeah, leverage. Why would you call the Packers when that you know you already know Aaron Rodgers is not available? The only person yeah. that you should call if you're that. another team, the only from a Packers perspective, he's not. The only person you should call if you're another team is Aaron Rodgers. But you can't because that's I, I can't Tampa. really wink right. That's illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want to make the first you now. Don't get me wrong, Michael. You're doing your due diligence. See, there's a difference between making the offer to the Packers and engaging with the Packers for a player who's not available. And or, and if he is available, the price would be astronomical and doing your due diligence. So yeah, you back channeling this thing. You already know what if Aaron Rodgers is in on your team or not. You're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision to make the call to Green Bay to either say I'm back or get me up out of here. 
Once Rodgers does that, now the Packers have lost leverage and Rodgers can dictate what the price would be. So if Rodgers is like, hey, you're in cap hell, I don't want to be here, move me, he's going to dictate the place he goes to because wherever he goes is also going to have to invest probably like $100 million over two years or whatever is being bantered about. So the way you play this game is you lay in the cut and you just wait for them to figure their thing out. Okay, you wait for well, Rogers to figure out what it is he wants to do. And if Rogers wants to come to Denver, Denver ain't got to pick up the phone. That'll take care of itself. If Rogers wants to come anywhere else in, in the NFL, that'll take care of itself. Making an offer to Green Bay is a moot point. Because if Green Bay says, all right, yeah, well, it'll take three first round picks and three second round picks, plus, your t plus, plus two players, you're going to say okay without having talked to Rogers to figure out A, if Rogers wants to play, B, if Rodgers wants to play for you, see what kind yeah. of contract is it going to take to get Aaron Rodgers on your team. So you better off playing okay, it cool and letting the game okay. come well, to see, you. Okay. Well, I feel like what you just said, I feel like you just spoke uh, um, just a really long, long, long essay in a foreign language to me. In a foreign language to me. Because I don't understand any of that. I don't, any, I don't understand, like, get, what is this thing you call game? Remember that old commercial? There's a commercial. A guy gets on the elevator, locks eyes with an attractive young woman, and about the time the elevator goes from floor number five to floor number one, he has en envisioned a date, uh, marriage, kids, retirement. Michael, all remember, like, okay, you are talking I'm to the guy, guy who asked his future guy. wife for her email address because I don't want to be too intrusive. I, so you know same, that same, I'm, same I'm, thing. I'm, I didn't say I thing. wasn't. I wasn't good. When I needed to be good, I got all this perspective about being cool and playing and playing the game right after it was a, it was of no use to me. So I'm here to just educate the next generation. You know what? Or in this case, I educate you, every, these uh, these thirsty GMs. Don't be too desperate. Don't they, they don't like desperate. desperation? Come on, now listen, Michael Smith. You ain't never been desperate. I know your story. I haven't. You've never been. You you haven't been desperate. Okay. I've, I've also probably missed so, out on a lot because a closed mouth don't get fed on the other hand. So that's that. right. See, I, you know, I've been that guy, you know, long time ago, long time ago. Like, what? She went out with him? <laughs> really? <laughs> if I'd have known real? that the bar was that low, I mean, oh, it, really? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what? She's like, not out of my league. So, right, right. That's right. Because I, that's right. I, I, I was so, the last day of school pimp, by the way. Last day of school pimping is where it's at. That's that was me. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember those days. That's when I worked up the nerve to say something hey, on the last day of school. Hey, you like, know what? Oh, it's gonna be a great summer. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you uh, sign my yearbook? Put your name and put your number in there. <laughs> Kit them Kit days. They don't know nothing about the the back of them pictures, bro. What you know about the back of them pictures? What you know about the back of them wallets with the Kit and the heart over the eye? And then oh, and the, come on, goodness. man. I don't know who need to That's hear it. this, but it was a different day. Yeah. The game was different back in the day, and you just had to had move, to be, had had to to move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> I've never said Come that on. before, but I had to, I, I've never used that before. But for some reason, it just came out. I had you had to use oh. it. So so that so that's you how had you to. had to move. But last day of school, man, and I was ready. Oh, you like me too, well, man. We could have had so much fun. How about we keep this thing going? I'm sorry, you were saying that. That's it. Well, that's what I'm saying. That that's who that 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 move right there. That's where the Browns are. 
That's where the Broncos are. You can't afford to, you know, I'm just go sit back and wait. The Broncos been waiting since since Peyton Manning retired and before Peyton Manning got there. They were waiting since John Elway retired like they're like uh, every like two or three Olympic cycles. The Broncos get a good quarterback. So they they got to move the Browns have been waiting since 1999. They got to go in there. You got to speak up. This is a desperate. You're very desperate. And if, if you're Matt rule and Carolina, you see all these uh, you see these uh, the sub tweeting from your owner David Tepper. You know sources say, you know, Tepper may not be happy with rule. You know, want some changes on the staff, which he's already made. Thought this thing would be turned around a little faster. These are desperate franchises. You got to make the call. So I, that's all I'm saying. Look, I, if Brian Gutekunst can sit there and, and, and think before the phone starts ringing, he'd be like, oh, they call me. I know what I'm going to tell them. But all it takes, I say, make moves, make trades with desperate people and desperate franchises because they give you a lot more than market value. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, Rogers is, is that chick at the party that you don't know if she by herself or not. So you're trying to wait to see if she's sta- she gonna be standing alone much longer before you make your move. Um, real quick, well, real quick, relatively speaking. Um, tell me more about all the leverage that uh, Kyler Murray has and all the people who are gonna be out of a job <laughs> in Arizona. Yeah. Now that yeah. Uh, Kime and Kingsbury have long-term contracts, you, you were saying. Hey Chica, how many how many breaks? Have you, uh, what, yeah, Chica, Gary, what, what, what's our break situation, man? What's our break? Like we gotta really, you know, we don't have time. Chica said we have time. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't have time. I mean, um, you got nothing. We gotta really be. Got, we gotta be mindful. We have to be mindful of the breaks. A little, a, See, a little alliteration a, for the win. Is this alliteration? Don't for the they know? Letters? Cliff, Kime, and Kyler, in common contract. Oh, I was gonna say. Okay, that's I, I need that. <laughs> I need they that all fourth have, K though. Yeah, they all, they all have. Well, it was, it's three Ks, two Cs. They all they all have contracts. Okay, okay? so right. you were saying? I mean, I, I, seriously, enlighten me. Look, uh, okay, you were just the, telling me that Kyle Murray had all the leverage. Here's the thing that the Arizona Cardinals need to understand. We got this this little we got this little takes thing we got going on. We got takes to fire off every day. And as we're firing off takes, I'd like you to let me know. It'd be nice if you drop a dime to a brother and say, you know what? Uh, my contract is, I just got to dot an I and cross one T. One I, one T, and my contract is pretty much done. Me and Steve, or me and Cliff, we all done. That's why so, he was so cool. Reese, day before yesterday, that's that's why he was so cool, cool yesterday. He, Cliff was like, I, hey, I, 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 I. <laughs> yeah, because like, what he can check. say is, I just work here. Hey, hey Kyler, bu- you upset about your deal? You can be well, upset about your. I got mine. It's a, mine is it's done. It's above me now. He should have said it's above me now. That's what he should have said. Because <laughs> it's like, yo, hey, they'll figure right, that like, out one way or the other. My agent is doing his job on my behalf. <laughs> all right, this is you know, but you know, it's a binary thing. Me and the GM, we're good. This is not a nuanced argument. This is not nuance. This is this is binary. Here it is. It comes down to this. Now that we know that Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals, has been extended for another five years. Wow. Five-year extension for him. Congratulations. Five-year extension for Cliff Kingsbury. Great. It's either 
Kyler's next and we're all on the same team and Kyler knows he's next. He's been told he's next and now it's all good. Don't worry. We took care of them so we can take care of you or Kyler's out. That Kyler's out if not out physically out mentally emotionally spiritually because wow here I am out here giving all my, giving you know all my blood sweat and tears to the Arizona Cardinals doing everything I can to get this franchise out of the depths. I'm asking for a little bit of money. I think I'm worth a little bit. I've done a pretty good job. If if I if they've done well enough to get five year extensions. Well, I'm the quarterback who has put them in a good light. So the Bidwell family wants to give them an extension in the first place. So where's my money? It's but either it he's already he he's but either next I, or he's I'm like, sure the car, for real? I'm sure the car, but I'm sure the Cardinals would love to lock up Kyler Murray at a certain terms. price point, right? On his so it's not it's, it's it is nuanced. It's very nuanced. It is it is nuance? gray. It is if you from if, if you the from, nuance from is, where is Kyler, the, 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 the subjectivity. Where Kyler of, sits. This is not absolute. Where it's like, oh, y'all just don't want to pay me. No, it's you don't want to pay me. Dot dot dot. What I believe my market value is worth, or That's what I believe I Come should on, be we, paid. Hey, That's not the same thing. Hey, don't split that. That's not the same thing. That, if That's you are, thing. if you're the person, it's not the same thing. If you're Kyler Murray. It's two unless parties. you're the person, unless you're the person right. who has those thoughts. So if 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 you're in a contract negotiation and somebody says you, yeah, yeah, Michael, uh, we want to pay Bruh, you, but it's, I've been underpaid but it's my 30... whole freaking career. So again, but, okay, I understand the perspective of the player, but you're saying, what about me? Where's my money? Why aren't you paying me? That's not the case. That's not the case. What there's a negotiation happening here, and there's a difference of opinion. There is your nuance. There's a difference of opinion between how the organization views the player and the player views the organization. It's it's typical. It's business. And like I said yesterday, in case you missed it, unless and until Kyler is willing to do something extreme, which Steve Kahn said yesterday, he is not concerned at this point about Kyler holding out, which is easy to say because there are no games to be played or no practices at this point in the calendar year. Nonetheless, he's not concerned about Kyler holding out. So unless and until Kyler is willing to walk away from the negotiating table altogether, I repeat, all the leverage lies with the organization. You know what, my good brother? You know what, my good brother? I can tell you this. Uh, when you're in a contract negotiation and you're the one who's looking for something, yeah, and somebody across, uh, you don't want to hear about nuance. I want to hear I about you, even if they, even if it is nuance. I don't want to hear that. So I don't want to hear about okay. oh, it's complicated, but, it's complex, and but, but what you, you know but what, what you we have do. to consider. So so at the end of the day, what you gonna do? You have a right to your money. I'm underpaid. I don't right. know about you. I'm underpaid. But what you gonna do about it? At the end of the day, no matter how much you feel underpaid yeah. and undervalued, right. what is your what's your alternative? That's well, all I'm saying, Mike. We just gonna have to see what I'm gonna do. That's how it's gonna be. Okay. We'll I just wanna know what, what I'm look, gonna do next. I love to see Kyler Murray's alternative. The only thing I will give you is that the Cardinals risk alienating him long term if they agree, to, if they come to some kind of an agreement. Now you got Larry Fitzgerald Sr. tweeting shade about the kid. It's, I'm tell, I keep saying this is going to be awkward for a while. 
Yeah, it is. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Steve Weiss from NFL Network is here. Uh, enough of me and Michael bickering and debating and, you know, guessing. You know. That's the difference between you and us. We think you know said one of our former yes. colleagues yes. <laughs> back in the day. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, how's this Kyler Murray situation going to play out? Well, look, Mike, I, I was listening to and you're right. I mean, Kyler does not have a ton of leverage here uh, unless he's going to hold out. And you hold out to a point until you start losing all that money. He's on a rookie contract, so he doesn't have a boatload of money to necessarily lose. The team doesn't have to do anything with him for two years. But I think relationship-wise – They'll play this out. Maybe they don't extend him this year. And this is where both sides have to be very creative because guess what happens next year in 2023? This salary cap is going to take a massive – it's going it's to increase massively. Like the NBA, when the new TV deal money kicked in, you started seeing guys getting $40 million annually on the regular. Kyler Murray's going to be there. So if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you have the cap space, you may want to think economically about extending him right now. Um, at the same time, if you do that, you're going to lose a great player like Chandler Jones. You might not have the money to pay him. You might not have the money to get the supporting cast that Kyler Murray needs to compete in the NFL's most competitive division. So that's why I could see them actually waiting at least one more year before extending him so they can continue their ascent with the type of money a rookie quarterback contract offers you because they haven't drafted receivers well. They've got to go out in free agency and find some. They could lose running back James Conner as well. And again, you lose a pass rusher like Chandler Jones um, because you don't want to, you don't have the money to pay him. That is a huge blow in a division where you have to get pressure on quarterbacks. Hey, you had me at, uh, I agree with you, Mike. So let's see if I can go two for two. Uh, well, there's two, Mike. Do you believe, do, well, he's Michael, uh, at least for purposes of this show. Well, he actually does prefer Michael in general. Um, do you believe, as I do, that uh, the rest of the league, uh, the rest of the quarterback needy teams, uh, are simply laying in the cut, waiting for Rodgers to actually be available before engaging Brian Gutekunst and the Packers? Michael doesn't seem to believe that nobody's reached out to Green Bay, and if they do, if they haven't, excuse me, it's a dereliction of duty. Right, Mike? I'm phrasing that right? I think That's right. That's they're right. just waiting Absolutely. to see they're waiting to see what Rodgers decides and talk about leverage when Rodgers decides whether he wants to return and play for the Packers or someone else where he wants to play will dictate the trade negotiations. What say you? Yeah. Yeah. Bingo with that. I think teams are also trying to figure out what's going on with Deshaun Watson. That's actually the big chip, right? Deshaun Watson is the big chip, but also my journalistic brethren. Let's listen to the semantics. No team has reached out with trade <laughs> offers, but did it represent it from a team? Did somebody, we know how this goes. So yeah. I, those, those discussions are going on. Look, teams, teams are going to make Green Bay think about it, whether Aaron says he wants to come back or not. So teams are, teams are, are planting seeds, maybe not a team, but individual from a team 
is doing that. But, I, you know, again, I think they're going to wait to see what Aaron wants to do because he may say he wants to retire. Um, so you, you, you really don't know there. But the Deshaun Watson situation also factors into any of this potential quarterback movement. That's a great point on the semantics. And he was kind of smirking, smiling. He's drinking the water there. <laughs> uh, nobody, uh, nobody. We know how it goes, out. Michael. We no know team. how it goes. No we know how it That's goes. That's right. Now you mentioned you mentioned the big chip, and I, and I, uh, a, a woman in Boston, a producer in Boston, uh, said to me a few weeks ago, and I'd never forgotten it. She's like, "Look, when you guys talk about Deshaun Watson, can you just continue to remind people about his litigation? We just keep." Yeah, her point was we just kind of skipped to hey Deshaun Watson great quarterback, which is true, but it takes there's a big legal case in, in between Houston and his next destination in your estimation. How big is that legal case because it kind of kind of been quiet for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's significant. I mean, first off again, you got you have, you know, several women, I think more than 20 civilly accusing him of bad behavior, sexual malfeasance, whatever, with the whole getting the massages type of thing, right? It's a civil case right now. Criminal charges have not been prosecuted. So, but immediately you're going to have some owners saying, I don't want to deal, no matter what, I don't want to deal with that type of situation. Guilty or not, civilly responsible or not, I don't want to have that in my building, right? So that's going to take some people out. But we also know some teams, they don't care about it. Criminal, civil, whatever type of behavior. They want someone who's going to win them games. And Deshaun Watson is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL when he's on the field. So that will factor into any type of move. And any team that would make a move for him has got to be diligent enough to know that he could be suspended for some period of time, four games, six games, eight games, whatever. So they've got to have a plan be in place while that um, situation plays out. So, again, not overlooking the legal situation because it is going to factor into any move a team makes, but there are teams willing to make that move because they know the type of player he is. And as we've seen the history of pro sports, teams are far willing to turn a blind eye to anything that could be off-putting to fan bases or whatnot if that player can win a ball game. Um, I laughed to myself <laughs> last night when I saw uh, the report that the commanders um, have a list of 42 quarterbacks. Like I didn't even know that were that many uh, like available <laughs> either combining, you know, free agency trade the draft is like they're leaving no stone unturned. Apparently uh, they have a binder full of quarterbacks to the Washington uh, now commanders. Um, what's the how attractive is that organization? given everything has got going on from the top down um, and given its history for that matter to an upper echelon quarterback. I'm not talking about a stopgap. I'm not talking about a, a rookie quarterback that has no ability to dictate where he lands. I'm talking about somebody with some options. Is anybody checking for the commanders like that? Well, first of all, there's not a ton of, ton of quarterbacks that have options. Most of them would have to be traded. But let's just say... Right. Someone like a Russell Wilson was a free agent. Money talks, man. Money and market talks. And if a player says, I can go to D.C., um, be in the nation's capital, and win ball games for a franchise that has been in the mud and has been more dysfunctional than 
hard than basically every sports franchise we've seen the past two decades. I can win games there. I'm a legend, right? So we have seen we have seen players go to teams that have been dysfunctional. It has worked. It hasn't worked. Um, so you know you you really never know. You you saw players go to Cleveland, right? The Cleveland Browns were the butt of every joke in the NFL. We've seen players go to the Raiders. Um, so again, those those teams have had their issues losing. They were just just horrible forever. But players have gone there. Money talks, coaches talk, relationships talk, and plus, if they feel that, that situation is better than the one they're in, that talks as well. All right, so if, if that's the case, um, you expect? Do you expect uh, more specifically? Oh, oh you, saw Steve, that, you saw that sorcery just out. now? You see that? Yeah. Okay, all right, just went out. I was, was going like, to ask. Two I love the question you. I love the question you asked. Me. I was really just talking about the ask, culture around the franchise. You know? No, it's great. No, it's a great question because I wonder if, like, you no, know, Russell Wilson is a great example. If you're Russell Wilson, and you have options. Would you go? Would you go? I mean, Aaron Rodgers maybe is 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 a next is a, another category, but Deshaun Watson, would he go there? Now so, it's real quick, up a whole different can on, of worms on, because you on, know on Russell on Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I got a thought about that yeah. Watson thing that maybe I'll say another time. The thing you said about the producer, but um, this is Pete Carroll today. At this time of year, there's conversation about everybody. We're talking about everybody. That's commonplace for us to have conversation with teams about. All of the players, particularly marquee players, and that's not changed. It's been the same every year, and we've been here, and the same it's been. No intention of making any move there. But the conversations, John has had to feel those. He always has, but nothing specific. So basically, the headline is no intention on the part of the Seahawks. I believe we have uh, Steve Weiss back with us. No intention on the part of the Seahawks to, to trade Russell Wilson. And uh, Craig Melvin, I believe, on the Today Show was trying to recruit him to D.C., um, yeah, and rusted rusted is on brand go Hawks thing. And I think we talked about it. We referenced it yesterday, but maybe you want to dive more into just his situation last off season. He was putting out a list of desired destinations. If he should trade wave is no trade clause. Now, whether he's either off the board or on brand when he says, oh, I'm in Seattle and I'm happy. What's your read on that Steve Weiss? Look, we know when no no very very few people throw out analogous information in, in directions of anything like Russell Wilson. He he puts it out there. And you know, let's think about Russell Wilson in Washington. He's from Richmond, Virginia, you know, ninety minutes away. Um, he'd be huge there. He he would be seen as a savior at, you know, for a franchise again that's had quarterback dysfunction, except for the blip that was RG three and the blip that was Alex Smith. Um, Pete Carroll saying they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. We've all been around teams where they've had no intention of trading a guy, but someone comes with an offer, and they do have intentions to get a deal done. Things change, man. We're, we're, we're at a point where no one's really in an immediate hurry. Now, that's going to change in a couple of weeks when you get closer to the new league year and free agency in the NFL draft. Um, but again, we'll, we'll see about Russell Wilson. I mean, the Seahawks can say we have no intention of trading him to see what teams are going to come with. It's possible trade bait or if they just feel that he's not going to be available uh, to acquire. So they're playing a chess game. I'm sure Pete Carroll doesn't want to trade him because they don't have a plan B in place. Pete Carroll doesn't have 10 years left to coach. Um, so Russell Wilson gives him the best chance to win. But again, there has been fractures in that relationship 
He's talked about last year. We've heard some of the things he said this season. They had their first losing season, I believe, under Russell Wilson this year. So we'll see what direction the Seahawks take if somebody puts a sweet offer on the table for them. You know, uh, Mike talked about this, that we were on vacation. There are some things that we missed that we would have wanted to talk about in depth. One of those things was Brian Flores joining Mike Tomlin's staff in Pittsburgh. Uh, did that surprise you when you saw that uh, news break? And what, what do you think the significance of it is? Well, it did surprise me just because I thought Brian Flores was going to get blacklisted. I, I thought he was going to be um, off the table. But look at the team he went to. Right. It is the Steelers who are run by the Rooney family. And I know personally they are tired of having their name kind of dragged through all the sham interviews known as the Rooney rule. So the fact that they stepped up and said, we're going to hire a qualified coach, probably is overqualified to be a position coach to come to our team. uh, That's fine. We're going to do that. His lawsuit can continue. And as an owner, I may be liable in this lawsuit if it's a if it's a suit against the league, which basically the owner's own. Um, So be it. We're going to hire someone that we think is a qualified coach. The fact that Mike Tomlin hired him says a lot as well. Because the one thing you are seeing around the NFL now, you're not seeing a lot of head coaches promote black assistant coaches into into higher jobs. And you're not seeing a lot of white head coaches necessarily go out and hire a ton of black coaches into high positions. So we've seen Lovey Smith hire Pep Hamilton, a black offensive coordinator, who went and hired Ted White, a black quarterbacks coach right the two positions that get noticed most for head coaches both of them hbc graduates from howard university we see mike tomlin hire brian florist and let's not forget he promoted terrell austin a black man to his dc the first black position offensive coordinator defensive coordinator that mike tomlin has hired so you know it seems like when it comes to hiring black position coaches and coordinators it's, it's the two black coaches that are doing most of the heavy lifting when we see what's going on around the NFL right now. There's also been a lot of blocking going on, as I, as I mentioned on Super Bowl Sunday, you know, and this is a, a tale as old as time, but there are coaches, black, black coaches specifically on the offensive side of the ball who have an opportunity to climb the ladder with another team um, with an opportunity that their current team won't give them, but they also won't let them out of the contract. So a life-changing move on the offensive side of the ball, either as quarterback coach or OC or passing game coordinator, whatever you want to call it. No, we got to keep you here. And meanwhile, we're going to hold you back from from elevating and, and, and being a part of that pipeline that more often than not coordinator leads to uh, leads to head coach. Uh, quickly, uh, quickly on that, Mike, the NFL, yeah. oh, the sure. NFL has things in place yes. to stop the blocking of it. But what teams will do is put an assistant head coach title next to a running backs coach, let's say. So does that trump yeah. a coordinator title? Some people are going to interpret it that way. So that's the loophole. Right oh, but in my, but I'm not even I'm not even talking about the coordinator level. I'm talking like, I'm not talking about the, the I'm talking about like you know position coach to a, you know higher level position coach or right. you know oh, a, yeah. a, a higher status on the staff. Like they got guys that are frustrated because these opportunities that can change the trajectory of their career teams have ways of just holding them into their contract and not yep. letting them take those jobs or interview for those jobs. Um, you're what's what what's the buzz in terms of the rookies um, and the incoming draft class? I know it's not a, a huge year for quarterbacks. Seems like the top of the draft is going to be uh, mostly guys in the trenches, offensive tackle, pass rusher, edge rusher, what have you. Um, 
I'm not going to bore you with my fascination with uh, Matt Arraza, the punter out of San Diego State. Michael laughs at it because I nerd out too much about a punter. Um, but so far, you know, what are, what's the bu- we talked a lot about the veteran movement. What's the buzz that you're hearing with regard to, uh, you know, some of the incoming rookies uh, at the combine and whether these quarterbacks can make some noise and maybe crack the top 10? Yeah, look, there's going to be, you talk to people, there's going to be at least one quarterback who's going to be in the top 10. Like someone's going to fall in love with Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. He's got the big arm, incredible personality, great leader, really good running the ball. Someone's going to fall in love with this point, the people you talk to, and he, he could be a top 10 guy. But it's it's not, you know, the type of draft where the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. Like you said, they're going to be offensive linemen and guys who get after quarterbacks um, at the front end of the draft. I You know, Malik Willis uh, is someone you talk about, the pass rushers, the guy out of Michigan. Uh, he's someone hey, who's very intriguing. Him. Yeah, Hudson, you know, he's he's going to go high. But again, I think, I think the veteran quarterback movement is really going to dictate what goes on here. You know, again, if, if someone trades with the Steelers, say go get Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, how is that going to affect what they're going to do with some of these draft picks? So some of these guys are going to slide because of some of the veteran trade movement that's going to go on. So, again, I'm not in Indianapolis at the Combine. There's always a lot of hype and a lot of conversation uh, around that. But, you know, and here's some names right here. Like Kayvon Thibodeau is an interesting uh, player I've talked oh, to teams about. Because he, look, right, oh, he wow. looks the, the official part. rookie of brother guy. from another. Man. Correct. And he he looks the part. There's people saying, but he's a dude. Is he the dude who's going to give it to you every down like Hutchinson? Now, is that the smoke people are putting out there because they want him? Or is there really that that's how some people feel? But there's always the risk on passing up the next great pass rusher because the two most valued positions in the NFL are the quarterback and the guy who gets after the quarterback. After that, it's the guy who protects the quarterback. So those are some of the big discussions. But you are going to see a lot of these pass rushers uh, come off the board in the top ten. All right, my final um, question for you. Yeah, go ahead. You, you, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned quarterbacks. So we got a little office pool going here. You might as well throw your uh, con- your your contribution in here. What's Tom Brady doing next year during football season? What will Tom <laughs> Brady be doing, and who will he be doing it for? Oh man, he's going to be selling like uh, Boulevard watches for uh, you know whomever. He's not. I don't, I don't think he's coming back. I, Look, he's going to get the itch that needs to be scratched, but he seems very secure in what he's done. I don't think he's coming back. Okay. Retired. I got one. I got one more for you. Um, How likely is overtime, at least for the postseason, uh, changed significantly uh, at not just meetings at the combine, whatever competition committee meetings, but also obviously it's got to be passed by the owners at the upcoming owners meetings. Because I still have not seen anything better than my overtime proposal, Steve Weiss. Oh, like the head, head, go. You want, you want to hear mine real quick, Steve? Here, here I know the bills. Here, give it, give it to me. Okay, Mike, because I, I know mean, the bills. Don't do it. The bills kind of like Mike. halfway there. Like they're like, oh, we gonna put a time limit on overtime. Yeah, but what happens if it's still tied? Right? Check it out. Untimed overtime period, equal number of possessions, and here's the big one for you. Okay, you cannot play for a tie or to extend the game unless the team possessing the ball first converts a two-point conversion attempt. So in other words, Steve, I'll take it to, to, to Chiefs uh, Bills. Chiefs get the opening kickoff. They go down the field and score a touchdown. Kick an extra point. The Bills get the possession. 
they have to outscore them as in they have to go for two. So you still have an element of hey play defense. That's part of the game too, but you do get the possession and it doesn't go around in circles forever because if you give up a field goal on the first possession, you got to score a touchdown. If you hold them scoreless on the first possession, you just got to kick a field goal. So if, you, if your defense doesn't do its job, you get the possession, but now you have to outscore them. All problems solved, dog. Thank me later. I love you know look, people I, I in high places. Get this in the right hands. Get I, this I in the it. right hands, Weish. Absolutely love it. I doubt it's going to happen. And here's going to be the shadow excuse. How do you love it? Mark you my words. Shadow excuse. Player safety. 17 games, okay. keeping guys on the field for an extended period of time. They're going to say we cannot go for that. We got to get guys off this field as long as we can to have them play the extra periods in a 17-game season. I mean, that's going to be no, the umbrella that, that, excuse you hear. No, but this is what I'm saying. Well, okay, right now, you already in the regular season, you already have a 10-minute overtime period, okay, which can, end, which can, end be, which can be scoreless in, in overtime right. and yet in the tie, right? In the postseason, this will satisfy all of that. Proposal. This will this will satisfy everything I, I because get everybody it. gets an equal number of possessions. But you got to outscore no. the opponent. I, so I, that's I, it. I, so I get it. It's I, not going to go on endlessly. I get it. I love it. But they're going to say if you can't stop the team on that first possession, that's it. I'm telling you. I I, I love I love your idea. I think it's fantastic. It's very sensible. Because both teams are guaranteed fans a possession. Fans love it. So check it out. If both teams are guaranteed a possession. And the third possession scores. Is that fair? Right. What? What other team didn't get the same amount of possessions? Well, hold on. So it, every well, other thing I've heard except for this is unfair in some way, shape, or form. Like you can't go. Each team gets a possession. So now one. it's sudden death. But suppose, right, suppose Steve, in your proposal, Steve. both teams. Suppose on your on your proposal, both teams fail to score on their both possessions. Now you're back to the odd possession again. There's always these unforeseen. It's even, it's even possession, a and if somebody kicks a field goal, you get it back, and you got to score a touchdown. You can't tie but it. That's what I'm they saying. Don't. You can't tie it. Suppose they missed. Suppose they missed. Suppose it's windy. I thought this through. Left. I just dropped this on you. Think it through. I love and it. Give it to the owners. I love it. And, no, and, and, and let first me know all, how it goes. Steve. We, Steve. We, Steve. First of all, <laughs> I, I'm so disappointed. One that you love it. Okay. Two. I love Michael it. Smith. Michael Smith did not think it through. He. He plagiarizes. He plagiarizes. This. this is not. This is your business partner, Terrence. You. Are, this well, we, Terrence collab- we collaborated on it. We collab- <laughs> okay, I gave him no. credit. Okay. I gave him credit right. last right. time. Hey. We collaborated on hey, it, and I did think it through. Hey, I thought through every possible scenario and hole, and there other. are Steve. no holes in this. Tell me, this is a hole in it. Here's a hole in it. It's still unfair because if the team comes down and scores a touchdown, they kick an extra point. That's fine. Now I got to convert a two pointer, which is yes. harder than just kicking extra point. Why? Because it's you unequal. gave up the t- you gave you up now- the touchdown. But Mike, so everybody, but Mike, may- everybody says play defense. Well, you gave up the touchdown, so your penalty for giving up the touchdown and losing the coin toss is you got to outscore them. Or they can the score a touchdown. It's an equity. But here's why it might not be harder. If your team can drive 75 yards down the field on the next possession, you're rolling, right? That defense is, their tongue is wagging. Kicking it in the wind from what, 17-yard line, what, a 27-yard uh, kick for an extra point versus going one yard or one and a half yards on a two-point conversion. Look, the people who are loving this discussion more than anybody are the prop bet gamblers 
who know if that scenario pops up and they got to win by 1.5, they are losing their minds right now. That's a good point. All I know That's is a point. The damn, nobody the has a better solution. I'll wait. And I'm not just saying that because I came up with it or I came up with it with help from Terrence. But with your partner, yes. Thank you. Socialize this, Steve. Socialize this in, in your upper echelon offices that you frequent. The, pe the people in high places you it know. Ain't gonna, and tell it ain't me what they happen. say. No, just, as long as you credit me, just credit me. You got it. Michael, just, <laughs> Michael, you just mad because Weiss is feeling me today on like everything. I know, he really Weiss is. On he like is. everything. What does that tell oh, you? Steve. I thought we were cool. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's going to be a process. Every single day isn't going to be, you know, great. Um, as long as we continue to keep moving in the right direction, we, we continue to communicate and we continue to play for each other. Um, you know, we'll live with the results and uh, we're overly confident, you know, with the, with, with the group that we have. I'm looking forward to Wednesday, man. Right, so tonight felt like we was in Philly, <laughs> but uh, that, those, the crowd going to be, it's going to be turned in there and I'm, uh, I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm sure that uh, hearing it felt like you were in Philly in the garden is not music. <laughs> to Ashley Nicole Moss's ears, and I'm sure you're not looking forward to uh, James Harden punishing your Knicks again tonight, uh, which see, feels inevitable. So Michael Holly, surprise, surprise, is skeptical about how successful this Harden and B pairing can be. Two games, Timberwolves, Knicks. How about you, Ashley? I'm not, you know, I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I think it says a lot that two guys who haven't play, played together kind of just have this immense amount of chemistry right off the bat. Yes, I understand that it's only two games. A couple of games can't be too telling, but you've seen, you know, teams and situations that were put together in the offseason that have played a lot longer. Look at the Lakers, for example, that just don't seem to have a chemistry. So the fact that James Harden was able to come into Philly and just right away be implemented into, you know, their entire foundation and works well with the star, the MVP candidate of Joel Embiid says a lot. And maybe these are the real scary hours. I said in the beginning, you know, that this was the team that James Harden should have went to for a multitude of reasons. I thought the fit was just better. Also, I thought that Houston would get a lot more in return from Philly than Brooklyn. And I didn't think that James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were ever going to work together. It just took them a longer time to figure out that it wasn't going to work. James Harden's exactly where he should have been from the beginning, and that's in Philadelphia. See, because Michael, a hater, so no matter what, if James Harden could put up a 50-point triple-double tonight, sorry, Ashley, mm. and Michael going to be like, eh, mm. it's just the Knicks. Eh, you know, no, no. Just, just wait for it. Just wait for it. No, I mean... no, no, listen. No, 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 listen. Listen, it's a, it's a, it's a good move for Philadelphia, right? It's a good move. James Harden, they brought in a score, another score. Well, Joel Embiid, yeah. both of those guys to get 50. Uh, as a matter of fact, with the Knicks luck this year, Ashley, they both may score 50. 
against the Knicks. At Who the, knows? At the foul line. It's the same game. <laughs> but I'm saying it's a better move for Brooklyn. Brooklyn could ever figure it out. But I, I think Brooklyn got a lot more for what they needed from this trade than Philadelphia did. You agree with that? Well, I think that Philadelphia didn't need as many moving pieces as Brooklyn did. So I feel like it's an unfair kind of a scale. Yes, if you look at just, you know, the swap in general, yeah, Brooklyn technically got more pieces that can go ahead and be more beneficial. But Philly didn't need as much work. I mean, Kevin Durant is expected to come back this week, so that's going to drastically help. But you still have Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Kyrie Irving's still a part-time player. And Ben Simmons now, you know, they say he's week to week. You know, there are rumors and reports that he may not even play in March. So you're still kind of in the same situation with different pieces than that you were last season. Yeah, you have the health the help of Seth Curry. You have the help of Andre Drummond, but there's nothing like that big three. There's nothing like having those three superstars on the court at the same time. You didn't get it with James Harden, part of the big three. And now it seems like, you know, the big three with Ben Simmons is even more prolonged. And again, Kyrie's only available half the time. Again, putting a lot of the responsibility on Kevin Durant, who's coming back from injury. I'm not going to say it's deja vu of what happened last season around this time of year, but it feels eerily similar. It's very, very scary and very, very eerily similar. I'll say that much. As in, it just feels like it may not be in the cards for them because I think what's interesting is, Michael, this is now, we, we came off vacation last week. This is the third straight yeah. day that you have asked a guest to handicap a trade that took place while all three of us were at the Super Bowl. So you're right. still handicapping the trade, and we ain't seen the the key the key piece that went to Brooklyn, which says it all. <laughs> Point funny. being, I'm I'm watching the Nets lose again last night, and I'm saying for all the talk about their potential, Man. time slipping into the future. Like we're like, like we're, saying, they don't have enough time There's to get enough time. time to develop chemistry. Yeah. There's not enough time. At, and you know what? The whole develop chemistry thing, I think the jury's out on that because you see what happens. James Harden gets to Philly and automatically they look a lot better. Him and Joel Embiid are gelling. So there could just be players who you put them on the same court and they just work well together. So chemistry is Simmons a 50 50 thing. You know Certain what I'm saying? Players like, could overcome like, that learning curve. Simmons, though, with, with those, with, with, with Kyrie right. and Durant, I, I question a little bit more, but I hear you. That's, I think to me, that's the biggest thing. And again, I don't like the fact that the Nets are once again relying on their 30-something-year-old superstar. And listen, I think Kevin Durant is the greatest basketball player in the NBA. He's one of the greatest in the world and will go down as one of the greatest of all time. But he's still just a person, and you still are asking a lot of somebody who is fresh off an injury and who's not 25 years old anymore. It just does not seem like it's a formula for success and we just it seems like a lot of the same from the nets and just with different players and it's 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 i don't know it's it makes you a little eerie as a basketball fan as a knicks fan i'm okay but as a basketball fan i'm like (laughs) i don't know if this is gonna work (laughs) but see all right that's true and mike's right you know time's slipping time's slipping away steve miller band but the rest of the Eastern Conference is a little afraid and, and rightfully so afraid that the Nets will figure it out and just get into get into the tournament because if they get into that tournament and if they get into the sixth spot. It's trouble. We know that. So I, I did this the other night. Where they have like 19 games. What, what's that? 
Trouble, trouble for who? The Nets? Because I don't think, I don't think anyone in the... I don't know if people in the East well, wait feel, a minute. fear the hey, Nets like they oh, used to. They should. They should. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I'm not a fan, so I fear them, though. They got. I think they have 19 games left. Out of those 19, I think they have nine opponents who are over 500. They had an easy schedule at the end. Like half. But, okay, so they need to they need to win a bunch of games, and they need Cleveland and Boston to falter a bit, Bro, that's so they can so catch many up. You, that's a lot. I know it's a lot of ifs. You know what, Ashley? Ashley, and especially I want Michael Smith to hear this. It's not as many ifs as if Kyrie hadn't been hurt. If James oh, Harden had more um, than one leg, moving on. If Ashley, Kevin Durant uh, shoots, I high. hear you, but I'll say I'll just say this: is that when you and my math might be a little off because some teams did play yesterday, but seeds one through six in the East are only separated by about five and a half games. So the East is a lot more open for grab than it's ever been before. It's more competitive than it's ever been before, and I think that it, it's actually in reverse. I don't think that the Nets fear maybe a little bit of an exaggeratory word, but I don't think the Nets want to have to face a Miami. I don't think they want to have to face a Milwaukee. I don't think they want to have to face a Philadelphia. I don't think they want to have to face the Bulls. I think that maybe if this were last season, yeah, the Nets could slip into 6-7 and be fine. This is a completely different East, and Miami looks amazing. Chicago looks amazing. Don't sleep on the Cavs either. There's a lot more competition. It's not going to be a cakewalk for whatever team that the Nets have to face, but it's especially not going to be a cakewalk without all of your people on the court when you need them to be. Mike, I, I feel like I feel like there's a role exaggera- What was it? Exaggeratory? Can we, can Exaggeratory. we talk about that? Exaggeratory. <laughs> they, like, they, I, I was just stuck on that. I was just stuck on that flawless conjugation. But I do want to talk Mike, about your, your I'm the person. Team. Yeah. I, hmm. how, about, how about I'm here? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, who, I'm cap- who knew you'd I'm be a Nets up fan? for the Brooklyn Nets. Which yeah. goes to show you, but then listen, <laughs> all you got it, like the, it's easy math. It's easy math. Your problem was always hardened. Kyrie annoyed you to a certain extent, but your problem was always hardened and how you don't like his game. So now you're hating on him in Philly and now you can root for the Nets. But you mentioned the heat your old team, Ashley. Yeah, they got Milwaukee tonight. What's it going to take for more people to look at Miami, the number one team in the Eastern Conference and the representative of the Eastern Conference from the bubble two years ago as the favorite in the Eastern Conference. All they've done is won despite personnel losses throughout the season. They still got Jimmy Butler. They still got Eric Spolster. They still got a culture. They still got yeah. Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero's back. Like, why don't they seem to get more love? They, they probably get l- less love in national conversations than the Nets do. Certainly, you know, mm-hmm. more so than, than the Bulls and some of these other Eastern Conference contenders. It's such a weird dynamic, right? Because you would think Miami was like Arkansas, the way that people just like kind of push them to the side. Miami's <laughs> a major market. It's a major sports town. And I remember when I was on sports radio and that whole bubble situation happened and I was covering the heat, it was kind of the same conversation. A lot of people counted them out. A lot of people were not even aware of how well they were playing. They just go under the radar unless they're on national television playing, you know, the Bucks or the Nets or the Lakers. And then people, you know, realize how good of a team they are and they quickly forget. But I can tell you one thing. The Miami Heat organization, Pat Riley, those guys, they could care less about that. Heat culture is just what, you know, I'm about to say right now. And that is, look, 
This is the kennel, as they like to call themselves. We are dogs, and we're gonna go ahead and fight whoever we have to fight. That's why we're top dogs in the East. We don't care who you know gives us our accolades. We don't care who pays attention. We're gonna do the work. We're gonna go ahead and make you feel us when it counts, and that's in the playoffs, and that's in the regular season. And that is really the motto of the Heat and the Heat culture. They don't really care about everything else, but it is weird because Miami is a major market. It's the sixth borough, if you wanna call it. All the New York Yorkers now live down here in the 305. So it's weird they don't get that same love as some of the other teams. I really truthfully have never understood that. It's like it stopped after the big three era and just kind of went away. You said Miami is the sixth borough. Uh, it is, let's talk yeah. about the first. Let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about Manhattan. Let's talk about your boys. <laughs> let's about the Knicks. I mean, seriously, like last See, year. I was gonna spare you. Everybody. I was. Hey, no, was no, no. We gotta go there. We gotta go there. We gotta do it. Because last year, See, you know, Tibbs, Tibbs, coach of the year, Julius Randle revived his career. Everybody loves him. Now Julius Randle, mad at the media, mad at the fans. Tibbs, what's going on with him? Kimba Walker, done for the season. What's happened to the Knicks and what is going to happen to the Knicks uh, going forward? I think the biggest thing is this team lost their identity. And I think that, you know, with every season and every player, you're going to see, you know, rises and you're going to see pits in their stats. You know, you're not going to be shooting, you know, 50%, 60% every single season. You know, numbers change and things like that. But at your core, you should always remember who you are, not only as a team, but as an individual and what your individual role is on a team. And the Knicks have completely lost that. You know, they got away from their defensive identity, which is, you know, every time they step on that court, whether you were more talented offensively, they were going to make you work. And we saw that all last season. And then as individual players, everyone kind of knew what their role was. You know, although people weren't happy with it, Julius Randle was the leader. He was the primary ball handler because we really – as a team didn't really have another option. Now you went ahead and you added more offensive threats that did not really pan out. But because of that, there's a lot of roles and a lot of questions about who's the primary ball handler, who's the closer. You don't really have a point guard. So who is the point guard until you can get one? There's just a lot of questions you know, Tibbs's rotations aren't always the best. His time management isn't always the best. His decision-making isn't always the best. So it's really just a snowball of uncertainty and it's a snowball of just bad decisions and bad moves made by the front office in the offseason, not making moves by the trade deadline. Anything that can go wrong has gone wrong for the New York Knicks. And it's, it's starting to feel like 2000 and I don't know, 14 again, and I don't like how that feels. <laughs> it's not a fun time. The well, dark it ages. Is always, it is always fun times when uh, you drop through Ash and Nicole Moss. We appreciate you. Great seeing you. Great seeing you at the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, it was, fun it was to so watch cool. You the element. Yeah, we got a chance to to see one another in in, in person. Um, yeah, you had, a, you had a, a great time. setup there. You had a great setup. It was Everybody dope. Yeah, through, right? and listen. A couple of days later, it was the All-Star in Cleveland. Y'all didn't miss anything, so just oh, know that much. You didn't. Oh, okay. That, 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 <laughs> that, is, that, is, that, is, that is a relief. Yeah. That is a relief. You didn't miss much, of, I'll tell you that. A little bit of, fo- <laughs> little bit of FOMO going on uh, mm. for, for me and Michael. Well, not well, for me. For me, because Michael was in freaking Mexico, so he was oh. definitely not worried about All-Star. Michael, Rico, I should have went with so. you, because Cleveland was it was cold. Ooh, <laughs> it was... Man, y'all just crushing, y'all crushing Cleveland. Y'all, that, that's home team right there. Come on. No, great I people. Can, told... 
I gotta say, Cleveland has great people, very, you know, passionate people about their sports teams, but the weather, Just too not cold. ideal. Just too cold. Yeah, I got you. not ideal. Coming from a New Yorker, but it's New York, so that's, <laughs> that's why. It's a good point. It's an interesting point. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We're still working through that, but I, I mean, I'm open to everything. Like whether it's, you know, again, trading player for player, you know, I'll listen to anybody if it's, it's, it's trading, you know, a couple players. Um, you know, I'm not going to say the entire roster, you know, we're open for business on the entire roster, but if um, anybody's going to call and, and they're interested in any of our players, I'll, I'll certainly listen. And again, we're, we're in a situation where unfortunately we have to get under the salary cap and we're not very good salary cap health. And, you know, again, I'm not going to say yes to every deal, and, but I'm, I'm definitely going to listen and I'll be open to the situations that are best for the New York Giants. Mike Smith, I heard so much there. I heard so much there. I, I got to say, that was, that was brilliant general managing uh, from Joe Shane, who's a rookie, rookie GM in New York. Uh, he came from Buffalo. He was an assistant in Buffalo to Brandon Bean, and he brought in uh, Brian Dayball as his head coach from Buffalo as well. But and, and and the Giants have been in the news. If you haven't heard, they've been in the news lately because of some other things. But I'm going to tell you that was a brilliant job. What Shane accomplished there, he accomplished like three obvious things, and one thing that was not so obvious. Number one, just just go ahead and just hang a sign. Call me, please. Call me. I want to make a trade. That's one. Uh, two, clearly, uh, he's looking. He has some deals in mind. Saquon Barkley. He asked. He answered a question directly about Barkley. That made it. That made it sound like yeah, the guy is on the uh, on, on the trading trading market. He's going to be out there. Teams can come and ask about Barkley. And the reason we know that that's clear. He turned around when he was asked about Daniel Jones. He said, "Daniel Jones is our quarterback. He's our starting quarterback in 2022." Who they haven't picked up? Who they haven't? Whose option they haven't picked up yet? By the way, but haven't picked up the option. That's that's coming. But there was like a little subtle thing there he did when he talked about the salary cap and how they have salary cap issues and they got to they got to do some things. Unfortunately. You know what he he may have been able to do in his interview. I'm just throwing it out here. This is speculation. Tell me what you feel, how you feel about it. He may have been able to use the Giants' past against them and bring back something that is so early 1990s, early 2000s. It's so played out that people don't bring it up anymore because they know it doesn't fly. He may have used the Giants two years and out two years and out, two years and out history with their coaching to say, wait a oh, minute. Yeah. To do this thing the right way, I'm going to need five or six years. <laughs> I, I got a five-year plan. Like, this can't be a quick fix. I'm going to need time to come in here and do my thing. And because of that, maybe that's another reason 
Brian Flores looks at this and says, man, not only was this a job in my hometown, this is a job that I was going to be able to have the time to put my program in place because they know and I know that this is a reclamation project and I need some real time with this. Uh, you know, and that's just speculation. I haven't talked to anybody on it. I'm just listening to Shane and the confidence with which he speaks as a rookie general manager. I think he speaks because he knows he's got safety help over the top. He can be a little more aggressive. Safety's back there because he know he he knows he has time to put his thing in place. Until he doesn't. You know, I mean, yeah, right now, right now, first combine, rookie GM. What kind of contract did he sign? Con- what kind of contract did he sign? A, a long-term contract. I mean, but what's that worth? You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't stop. To your point about the Giants' turnstile at the top of the organization, uh, beneath upper management, beneath on- ownership, what's the, what does the contract matter if they get impatient hey, again? If, you, if, you, if your program isn't yielding results. I mean, I didn't, I didn't honest personally. I mean, I, I appreciate you uh, reading between the lines. I didn't hear anything that stood out from Joe Shane other than typical. Hey, no different than, you know, I think uh, Trent bulky if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, we're always open for business for the number one pick. Yeah, everybody's available. If you're a bad team with a new GM in cap trouble, that's got holes all over the roster that has a running back who while he was exciting his rookie year has battled injuries is coming up on needing a new contract. Duh, he's available. I mean, unless it's, I mean, that's a little jarring. I imagine if you're Saquon Barkley or a fan of Saquon Barkley yeah. to hear your name, uh, your you know, your general manager say, yeah, give not us a call, him. but he's not, he, but he First didn't draft guy. him. He didn't draft any of these dudes. So it's not only that he's well, a new GM. I don't like that. With See, I don't like that though. I don't like that. Who's, like who's, he, who's he attached to? That's the beauty of being a new yeah, GM. Yeah. You get to come in yeah, and you problem. want as many picks as possible to put your yeah. stamp on this organization. So when and if you're fired before the expiration of your first contract, at least a la Frank Sinatra, you did it your way. If he thinks that way, and I'll move on to something else. If he thinks that way, then I sh- I've given him too much credit. That's, the, that's a neophyte move. That's the rookie who says... These are not my guys. So running back. You, you, if, if, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm talking about just like the roster. Had I'm not attached to any of these guys. You got to be attached to some of them because if you're going to have a championship team, a, a, a recent championship history in all sports, you come in. You, I, I think there's this this fascination with, hey, these are my guys. Well, no. If you're going to be a champion, you're going to build. You're going to win a championship with some guys that. Other people, no, drafted, Michael, other people don't, don't, no, 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 don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand me. It's not personal. Like I'm attached to him because I drafted him. Usually that that that, that there is some that, that does factor in whether you like it or not. It tr- yeah. does historically and traditionally factor in. It's not that there aren't any good players on the Giants. It's that Joe Shane got this job and Brian Dabo got this job because the Giants were terrible. So why should they go into it being like, oh, they're not fans. Oh no, we got to keep Saquon Barkley. It's like, do you? Like, is somebody gonna make you offer that's gonna give you pieces that you can build out the roster and find a cheap running back the way that most teams do nowadays? Why wouldn't you? Like, there was a whole bunch yeah. of waters wet from Joe Shane that I heard yesterday. But okay, well, here, here's the funny. Everybody, here's the funny. Everybody can I tell you what's funny? Different. Can I tell you what's very funny? Back in our, our Madden franchise days, we used to be obsessed with players awareness their awareness was like a 90 and they had athleticism yeah. like oh that's the dude 
our awareness, yeah. our self-awareness is probably at a 25. The funny thing is we got to tell the family that we came into this segment saying, oh yeah, we may talk about three more football topics. <laughs> But I didn't know you were like really like <laughs> interested in what Joe Shane like he didn't say yeah. anything. Yeah, like he didn't he say did anything say newsworthy. Something. Yes, he did. I mean, he, he said what great. any new GM would say if they're taking over a team like yo. Yeah, we're every open, GM. Every new GM doesn't say that. Every GM, right. every veteran GM doesn't say that. He said more than you think. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, two minutes. What else? How do you what feel else? about this developing, developing Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians comments on Tom Brady. I feel like there's a developing nastiness here. Like it was very clear what I heard from Bruce Arians. You tell me, uh, or maybe, uh, according to reports, Bruce Arians seems like, hey, Tom Brady ain't going nowhere. If he's playing football, he's playing for Tampa. Are you surprised at, at, at his tone? I mean, it was like some one-liners, but there was some there was some haymakers in there too. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time to, to devote to Tom Brady because we're almost off the air. But is that the Jennifer Hudson? Like, is that basically like a "You gonna love me"? Yeah, yeah, you know? that's right. Is that, is that, okay, okay, uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's good. Right. Okay, I, I figured that was the reference. I just wanted to confirm it for yeah. the people who care about what's in our feed. Um, I still think he's coming back, and I just think to Tampa. That, to, no, he retired from the Bucks. You read the statement carefully. He retired from the Bucks. That's why. Okay. Remember, we argued about why he didn't thank everybody. Listen to Bruce Arians. Because it was Listen time to, to thank everybody. Bruce Arians don't call the no. shots. If Brady come back and he want to go, they gonna find a way to trade him. Because that's they what the go trade him. No, he going not. to San Francisco. Oh, it's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.